Hey, welcome to the Urban Crofters podcast. We're a church family based in Roth, Cardiff, seeking to connect, create, and transform the community around us, kingdom style. We hope you enjoy. So hello, uh, my name is Lydia, and I am very grateful for the opportunity to be sharing with you something that God placed in my heart. And to be honest, whenever... Um, will ask me to share uh, about this passage. I was excited and at the same time I realized that it was going to be a challenge and an invitation. So I know that on Sunday uh, hopefully we'll have the chance to share together and I'll tell you a little bit more about me but today we're going to go straight into the passage and and see what can we pull away from this what can we apply and how do we see ourselves in this story so just to start uh, and right away let's go into acts uh, chapter 4 23 to 31st On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain. The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So... Let's put the story a little bit back into context. We've probably seen in the previous weeks that a miracle happened and the apostles then were brought into custody. They have a bit of a judgment and the religious leaders after discerning and thinking, we cannot deny that this miracle happened, but we do not want people to be speaking into this name, in the name of Jesus. We don't know the authority, we do not want to make it bigger, but the people are looking, no one can deny what just happened. So they just asked the disciples not to speak anymore in this name. Now, there were threats, and these threats were not without weight. Those threats coming, as they did, from the, um, the high the highest civil authority, they had the force of the law. 
The disciples knew that in the previous weeks, these were the same people that had the authority to bring the Roman authority into the mix, go through trial and crucify Jesus. They knew that it wasn't just, oh, maybe don't do it, don't do it. They knew that these threats had the authority to escalate and bring trouble to them. So they didn't take that lightly. And yet, what was the response? The story said that they all together, they got and they said, let's pray. And their prayer is clearly noted in this passage. And I do believe that there are a couple of things that we can take from this prayer. And I want us to invite us to look into this prayer. And I will use not only the word prayer, but the word that I want to present at the moment is the word posture, position. There are three stages in this prayer that we want to talk about it in the area of posture. The first posture is worship. Worship was the foundation for the prayer. You see, by his power, by the word of God, everything was made. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. The God who had the power to create the cosmos and to sustain it. The God who, through the years, have continued with Israel's story, with her history, until bringing Jesus into it. That God was the God that they were focusing their prayer on. That was the God who had the power to listen, who had the heart to listen to them, but also to answer their prayer. They begin retelling truth. They focus their attention on who God is. The word that they use had weight. It is the king. When they say sovereign Lord, that describe a king, a king that had the authority, the ultimate authority, a good king who loved his creation, not a tyrant. And I think that sometimes that is a word that we, we actually kind of lost the weight of it because when we think of, when we think of our leaders, earthly leaders or presidents, we think of a lot of times in a lot of part of the world, we think of tyrants, uh, people that are corrupt, people that make decisions without consulting, people that make decisions not for the good of the people, but for themselves. Well, that's not who God was. Their first posture was the posture of prayer. God, you are the God who created the heaven and earth. You are the king, but you are a good king whose heart is for us. The same time I, 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 I think I will remember whenever the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's still the foundation for prayer. And you know, for the Hebrew mind, the word heaven wasn't just it wasn't the physical place. They were not just saying, God, you are up there and we are here. 
the concept of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, which is the same word that Jesus used whenever he said, hey, go into all around and preach, preach that the kingdom of heaven is near, the kingdom of heaven is here. What he's really saying is the kingdom of heaven is the place where God's rule is in place. And God's rule is our rule. A place where the rule of God, which is good, which is the best for us, is very present and embraces us all and brings us into the harmony, into God's original design, that his will, that his goodness, that his reign is the best for us. Our Father who are in heaven, hallowed will be your name. That God, standing in the truth of who God is, that place, that posture of any circumstances, we can still focus on you first and know that your good heart is for us. We stand in the truth of who you are. That was the first posture. But there's more. From that place, worship allowed them to see God in his rightful position. From that position, their sacred posture flows. That position is to see life through God's eyes. And what do I mean by this? Well, the perspective on the situation they are experiencing now is completely shaped. They see God's purposes even behind tragedy. What is the tragedy here? Well, they're actually not denying that Jesus actually went through pain when he went through the cross. But they also see that even behind what it looked like tragedy, our sovereign Lord's hand was still behind that. What they're saying is that God could transform even the worst human actions and intentions and use them for good. That he could work through the most challenging circumstances to achieve his purposes. When they talk about, they start remembering the son and that in that son, they're talking about the crucifixion, but they're also saying that, hey, all the people in authority, the people in the walls, the kings and the mighty ones, they thought that they could stop your purposes, God. And the people who actually were involved in Jesus' crucifixions, they thought that that chapter was finished. They thought that they were not going to have the problem. They thought that they could stop those purposes. They didn't see God beyond that. But actually, the events of Easter show otherwise. They actually are not denying that Jesus went through pain, but they are saying that by his death, Jesus conquered death and brought us to life. The God was able to use the unthinkable pain, the death to life that bring beauty for ages. From any situation that resists God's purposes, God still can bring it to advance his plans. The war through whom all things were made, is the world through whom all things are remade. 
including us. And what I say is that their, their perspective changed. They didn't see just the threats of the religious leaders as something to control them, but they saw behind God's purposes. Now we need to remember that these were the people that were before, after Jesus' crucifixion, they have been in closed doors with a lot of fear. And then Pentecost comes. And with that, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, they have boldness and they start speaking in tongues. Tongues that a lot of people come into that feast. The feast of Pentecost. They are there and they hear the good news being preached in their own languages. The Holy Spirit came and emboldened, gave them boldness and courage to speak. It transformed them. And I believe that whenever we see a situation through God's eyes, our life comes to that transformation as well. And we see everything through his perspectives. They were able to trust that God's purposes were going to be fulfilled even through their own lives. And that takes us to the final posture. Recognizing the opposition, but positioning themselves in the big scale of God's purpose so that his purpose will continue to be fulfilled through Jesus. The posture was surrender. It's interesting that they were faced with the threats and the mass of the Jewish authorities. But the first Christian didn't pray for physical protection. They didn't pray for a quiet life or, or health. They didn't pray for self-preservation. They, they didn't even pray for judgment over these threats. They pray for courage. A prayer that actually seems not to make sense. They pray that God's will, that God's plans, that God's mission will continue. They pray that God will help them to keep boldly speaking of Jesus. They ask God to give them the strength and courage. And they pray for the miraculous signs to keep um, showing that God was present and God was behind the message. To be able to keep telling people about Jesus, it was a prayer of surrendering, surrendering their lives in the loving service of him. Because they actually received Jesus' commands. They knew, they knew what Jesus' next commandment was. And he said, go around all the world and share the good news. Be my witnesses. And they were chosen to obey Jesus' commands in spite of the threat that was actually really serious, a really serious threat. They were chosen to obey the commandment in spite of the current politics and religious climate, trusting that God was going to be strengthening them to be part of his purposes. They didn't ask for the situation to be changed. They asked to be changed themselves, to still be part of God's promises.
And you know, I think again of, of the prayer of Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed will be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And I believe that there is an invitation here because that prayer is not just saying, God, let your will be done magically. Come and change everything. That prayer is saying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, bringing me into that equation. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done with me in it. Use me, live through me. My life is yours. Let your will be done on earth here through me. That was the invitation. It was a prayer of surrender, not to change the circumstances, but to change ourselves and be part of that, the purposes of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And it's interesting that they're talking about healings. Will you continue to bring healings? Do you continue, will you continue, God, to bring signs and wonders? Because those signs and wonders will be the platform from which we can also share our stories. Share your story, speak on your behalf, and share the life of Christ. Share the gospel, which are the good news. The God who conquered death. The God who is doing everything new. Not just when we go to heaven, but the God who wants to bring his kingdom purposes and life right now, right here. I love this quote. The kingdom will come as a church energized by the spirit goes into the world vulnerable, suffering, praying, praising, misunderstood, vindicated, celebrating, bearing about in the body the dying of Jesus so the life of Jesus may also be displayed. The quote is my empty right. The message that Jesus entrusted his disciples with. It was a powerful message of life. But his design, the invitation was for them to be the ones who will be carrying the message. Because the message is not just a story. The message were themselves. They were, they were going to be the message. The messengers and the message. People were going to see them and not only hear their words, but read their lives. And their lives somehow were going to be life inviting people to see Jesus and see the kingdom of God coming. What was the answer for this prayer? Well, the Holy Spirit comes again and manifests themselves, answering that prayer of surrender, giving them power to speak, giving them power to speak in her name, in his name, bold 
courage against the circumstances, a prayer that changes themselves, a prayer that glorifies God, a prayer that says yes to his purposes. This is our challenge. This is our challenge. I told you that at the beginning that I thought, oh, I want to share about this passage, yes. And the passage seemed very, very simple. I thought, oh, this is a prayer that is full of power. And then the Holy Spirit comes. It looks great. But as I look closely, we see that there is a challenge for us. And I am very aware that all of us are in a very, we are all in different parts of our journey. And I'm wondering, are we going through any situation where our prayer is mainly, God help me here, get me out of here. <laughs> I want freedom, I want a breakthrough. I want healing. Nothing of that is wrong. On the contrary, we are invited to talk to a father, to come with our petition, to come with our prayers. But at the same time, what was the last time that we asked God to see a situation with his eyes? Whatever we're going through, any challenge that we're going at the moment, is our prayer just for deliverance? Or are we asking God to see his kingdom in and through this process, in and through this situation? I think the invitation for us here is to see him and worship see our situation with his eyes. And from that, come and surrender. And you know, whenever we think of surrender in general, I think of Abraham laying down his child. I always think of the laying down, but surrender has two sides of a coin. The first part, yes, is surrendering my will, is surrendering my heart is surrendering my own desires, even my, my rights in the middle of the circumstances. But surrender doesn't stop there. The other side is when I surrender my life, I embrace something new. In this case, I embrace his heart. I embrace his voice. I embrace his mission. I embrace his agenda. What is God asking us today to surrender? And what are we embracing? Um, hopefully we can get to explore this a little bit more on Sundays and I'm gonna be sharing a couple of other stories. But this is just a little bit to give us a um, I don't know, to give us a little bit of a background. To be honest, I is the first that I'm sharing in this, even like filming this, you know, because I am 
If you didn't notice, I'm Argentinian, so my accent is probably a little bit different. And, um, and I move a lot <laughs> because I'm Latina. Uh, but also because I know, I sense that this is a time when the story, this story is like a mirror. We can see something from the, the church. We can see this prayer. We can see the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit. But as a mirror, this prayer has also an invitation for us. That wherever we're going through, we can ask God to give us his eyes to see the situation through his perspective, to surrender our lives, and from that place, to embrace his heart, to embrace his will and his mission. And again, on Sunday, hope that we have time to process this, to pray for each other, um, and see, see what is it that God is inviting us to surrender, but also what is it that he wants to share from his heart in our surrender to embrace his heart? So be blessed and, uh, and uh, hopefully see you on Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Urban Crofters podcast. To connect with more of who we are and what we do, visit our website at urbancrofters.co.uk or follow us on socials at urban underscore crofters.